0: all right welcome back to another episode of the fast break lip nba podcast it's your boy samuel here and we doing this one solo again to start things off I first need to know the name of the uh, the scout that said that the Bam um Daniel T- Tice matchup was a wash. I need the name of that scout immediately because as we can see from this this series that Bam outclassed Tice severely. And like Whoever that scout is, I don't advocate for people to lose their jobs, but I would say that guy needs to to lose his job because there's no way you call that you call that matchup a wash. But um shout out to the Miami Heat, shout out to the Lakers for making it to the NBA finals. Um I had a I I had a feeling this was going to be the the finals about midway through the second round, especially after we saw how Miami took care of Milwaukee. So I, I, by by that time I was like Miami and Lakers is probably what's gonna be the finals. But I, I was hope I was also thinking that the NBA would probably benefit more financially um from a Celtics Lakers series due to just the history of the rivalry and whatnot. But Miami got things done. Bam put out put on a virtuoso performance, looking like prime Kevin Garnett out there. In game six, and he said he said himself after what was it game five that he said that if he had played if that he said that the game was on him that the the reason why they lost was on him, so it was on him to bounce back and have a better game, and he did um let me check here real quick the box score um how much did he put out tonight because he had himself a game. Finished with 32, 14, and five boards. Shooting 11 for 15 from the field. And, you know, he just did his thing. Tyler Hero also showed up in that fourth quarter. Some timely buckets. I believe he had like 10 or 12 points in the fourth quarter. Iguodala showed up today. I mean, looking like his Golden State self in those timely threes, especially in the third quarter. And you know Jimmy Butler did his thing 22 and 8, very aggressive from the start. Had like what was it? I believe 13 points in the first half it was. So you know, he set the tone early on with the with his scoring. About midway to, through the third quarter or like towards the end of the third quarter, I was like the game is really close and I thought, you know, that I thought Boston would like, you know, force a game 7, but Miami just turned the turn the dial up on everything and just close them out Tatum had um 24 7 rebounds um 11 assists started out the game poorly once again i think i spoke about it last episode that he can't be coming out he can't be coming out having those type of performances and then expect to make up for it in the second half because once you start off like that you just your rhythm is not going to be all the way there but I mean, he did he did his part, playmaking wise, trying to get his teammates some scoring opportunities. He had like eight eight dimes in the first half, which you know is like what you want to see out of your main option when he's not when he doesn't have his um his shot going. That he has his um that he's looking for teammates to get them going instead. Um, shot nine for twenty six, thirty four, thirty five percent from the field in a closeout game is not. Not going to cut it at all. Um, You got Jalen Brown with 26, 8, and 4, three steals, shooting about 59% from the field, 42% from three. He he, he was probably the best player, the most consistent player in this series because he he he, he averaged basically like, what was it, 24 on like 53% from the field in this series. So, you know, he he did his thing. Kemba Walker, uh, he he's no Kyrie Irving. I know a lot of people were like, before the season started, Kemba Walker's a better fit. And I feel like he is a better fit as in um chemistry wise in the in the locker room. I feel like he he was he was he he was a better fit for them. And that also had to do with some other guys leaving the locker room. But, you know, I just don't think that was the right fit for, for Kyrie and the Celtics. And, you know, it's on the Celtics now to figure out how to make this work with Kemba because Kemba's Kemba's really small out there. We're seeing a lot in these playoffs that he was picked on a lot. Um, One interesting thing for the Celtics is um, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is probably going to be getting paid, I believe thirty million next next season. And I I don't know if they look to offload him with I know they have like about three first round picks this year, so they may look to offload him, attach some picks with him. Who knows? Cause I don't think that is just I don't think that's the right fit, honestly. Cause I mean, um seeing here on ESPN Celtics outscored 35 to 17 in the final 9 minutes of game 6. I mean, that just I just can't happen. And I noticed that they were just the Celtics were just chucking up a lot of threes. The offense looked stagnant. It wasn't the ball wasn't flowing the way it was before. So, you know, it just everything just wasn't going right for the Celtics and everything was going right for the the Heat in the fourth quarter. Um but I mean, there's no reason to really Panic or fret right now. Celtics, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, still very young, still about 23 years or 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 younger, you know. They got time, so I know I know a lot of people are gonna overreact and be like, oh, you know, they can never make it to the finals. A lot of players haven't even won their finals until they was, like, 27, 28 years old. So give these guys some time. Um, Trust in uh, Boston's front office to put the right pieces surrounding them going into the future. And, you know, just hope for the best going going from there. Um, But, yeah, most of us here on the podcast actually had Miami as our sleeper team to win or, yeah, to make it to the finals. I'm not sure if we all were necessarily like super confident in Miami going all the way, but we, we like their chances because of um the roster construction, how they play defense, their offense, um, and just Jimmy Butler's will to want to, to win. And, you know, all those things put together, we just thought that that was the perfect formula for a team like Miami. Oh, and not not to forget um the coaching of Eric Spoelstra. But yeah, we just thought that all those things all together were just the por- perfect formula for um all those for everything to go right for Miami for them to make it to the finals and here they are. Um moving on to the Lakers and Nuggets game five, it was. Yeah, game five. And I'm going to talk about how I feel about going into this this finals between Miami and the Lakers. So Miami, I mean, um, Denver and the Lakers. I think everybody was like, I kind of felt like too many people were expecting Nuggets to come back 331 once again f- that it was just not going to happen this time and i was just like i was just like it, it's too many people expecting denver to win and to 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 advance to game 6 and i was just like i feel like everybody's jinxing it at this point but um jamal was pl- playing in some pain and i give him props for that cuz you know not everyone is built to continue playing and withstand the pain that he was going through. He had um something going with his knee and I think something with his foot later on in the game. And it was just, things just weren't going well for him. So there's that. Um, Jokic was also in foul trouble early on. Once again, don't want to really talk about fouls. Cause I feel like we spoke about that a good amount in the last episode and how we felt about, how the whistle was going. Um, I will say that I feel like if certain calls were held consistent throughout the series, the series might have gone on just a bit longer. So I'm going to say on the fouls thing. Um, Jeremy Grant. Ooh. I need Jeremy Grant in a Knicks uniform yesterday because that's just like the – he's just the type of player that any team – needs or wants at this point. Solid three and D guy. And he he just be he's he's probably become a little bit more than a three and D guy. He's kind of become um a do-it-all kind of guy. Like he was taking guys off the dribble, getting to the rim, getting fouls, um playing great defense on Anthony Davis and LeBron, and he was basically averaging like twenty for the series. I mean I know a lot of Knicks fans had their have had their eye on him, and I've seen him in a lot of, like, Knicks websites and blogs about, like, free agents that the Knicks should target, and Jeremy Grant has always been one that I've seen consistently. And, you know, I see the appeal, and I see, I see why, and I, I'm all for it. I just know it's going to be a really big bidding war, especially I don't think Denver wants to lose him, especially after they gave a, a first-round pick to OKC for him. So, you know. They're definitely gonna want to pick him um and keep him. Uh, but it's gonna be a really serious bidding war for Jeremy Grant. And I see I saw a post it was someone said that Jeremy Grant made up all the money that Montrez lost in the bubble. And I feel like that's facts, because Montrez played really poorly, both sides of the ball. Um and Jeremy Grant was like the complete opposite. Like he was playing really well on both ends of the ball. But we'll see what happens with Jeremy Grant, you know? I, I'm I'm hoping for big things for the Nuggets and because their future looks bright. Um and I'm hoping Jeremy Grant ends up in a in a Knicks uniform. Um Braun. Braun closed this game out. I mean, he did his thing. A lot of people like to say that Bron's not clutch or a closer, but, you know. He did his thing in the fourth quarter. He finished with, like, 36, 16, and 10. Um, And he had, like, what was it, like, nine straight points in the fourth quarter to close him out. So he did his thing. I'll give him props for that. I know a lot of people think I'm someone that, like, hates LeBron or something, but, like, that's not the case at all. Actually, I don't like his fans, but um, it kind of sucks that Jamal had to go out like that because I would have loved to see him, like, going down with, like, a 30-point game and, like, him exchanging buckets with Bron, like, at that at that moment when Bron was catching fire, I was hoping that, you know, we could have a moment like that where him and Jamal just going back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, Jamal was hobbled, and he, he tried to play his way through it. Um, I didn't like the minutes distribution of, um, I know Jokic was in foul trouble, but I really did not like seeing Plumlee minutes. I know Paul Millsap is out there mainly for his defense these days, but he gets weighed he gets paid way too much just to be out there for his defense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Denver does with between him, Plumlee, Craig, I forget who else and Grant, what they do between them for this off season. Monte, Monte Morris is also up for an extension. I feel like he made himself some money this off season as this, this post season as well. Cause he played really well, shot the three ball. Well, play make, um, able to get inside buckets. Um, doesn't really turn over the ball. I mean, he just plays the right way and, he was he was solid for them in certain stretches during this series when they needed some baskets or like Jamal was in foul trouble or Jokic was in foul trouble. Like he was just he was just a steady force out there. So props to him. He made himself some money this offseason as well. Um Kuzma was Kuzma's been bad in this series. I don't know how he's gonna fare in the in the in the Miami series. It's gonna be interesting to see that. But um Oh, boy. Lakers fans. Lakers fans are so insufferable on social media, specifically Twitter. They act like they've been the Knicks for, like, 20 years or something, or, like, the Hornets or the Kings. Like, you guys had a couple bad years. Like, what was it? Six six years? Yeah, six six bad years or or whatever it was. And they act like they've been in, like, basketball no man's land for for 30 years or something like the Hornets or something like you guys have almost always been good you guys don't need to act like you guys have been through so much pain and suffering over the years they want to be oppressed and an underdog so bad like it's ridiculous um so going on to the Lakers versus Miami series it's hard to really dictate how this series is going to go because it's like um, you don't want to underestimate Miami because they'll make you look stupid in the end. But you also don't want to underestimate LeBron when he's on this chase for the fourth ring. But you also don't want to underestimate Jimmy Butler cuz this is Jimmy Butler's first time being on this stage you know he wants it just as bad as anybody else and you know he's going to fight tooth and nail for 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 this chip and you know I just don't feel like offensively Miami has the firepower to match when like the Lakers are really at their peak like I don't I don't know and I don't know specifically if the Lakers three point shooting is gonna do so well against Miami's zone, because we know we know Spo is gonna throw that out there to throw them off. And it's it's interesting when you look at how Denver played zone against the Lakers and how that threw them off. But Miami has better defenders to throw in their zone than the Nuggets did, so it's gonna be very interesting to see how the Lakers do against that zone. Because I'm sure Frank Vogel is prepping is prepping them. For that, for that matchup, because he um he saw how how they looked against the Nuggets when the Nuggets threw that out, and he knows Miami's going to throw it out, and Miami has more capable de- defenders, so it's going to be very interesting to see that. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say this goes maybe six. Um, I got Lakers winning it. I ha- I I do have Miami as my sleeper team. You know, I I've had them since, I've had them since probably even before the whole shutdown and everything. I had them since like, I think mid February when we did like playoff, when we did our our super, super early playoff predictions episode. You can go back and check that out. I forgot when that was. I think that might've been in February or early March, but yeah, we had a playoff predictions episode and I had Miami since then. So I, I still want to be sort of confident with Miami, but, you know, I don't want to estimate LeBron, but I don't want to under, also underestimate Miami because, you know, they've just been rolling. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, The Bam versus AD matchup is going to be very, very interesting. Um, I'm kind of glad Bam showed up the way he did this series because, you know, I think I spoke when I had – Zach Noble, and I was like, I don't know if Bam is going to be able to dominate this series. Like, I mean, against the Celtics, I didn't know if he was going to be able to really like bring his game up to that level that we saw him play at this whole series. And he did, and he shut me up. I'm glad when I can like say something about a player and they shut me up, like similar to how I was confused about Jamal Murray's inconsistently in the inconsistency and then he basically has been putting on virtuoso performances throughout the whole playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that Bam and A D matchup. It's gonna be very interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what who the Lakers roll out there if they roll out if they throw out any more JaVale McGee minutes. I don't really see what the point of that is anymore. I think he's just proved that he's something you he's someone that you just don't play anymore in the playoffs, but he still manages to give him minutes. Um you probably do have some Dwight minutes. You probably toss in some Markeith at the five minutes. Um you don't wanna throw Caruso and Rondo together minutes because those minutes haven't been really that fruitful. And you know Spo is gonna take advantage of that. So that's gonna be something else to look out for. Um Miami definitely has the wing defenders to throw at LeBron to at least bother him. You know, you got Jimmy, you got Jay. You got um Iguodala. You could probably put some bam on him at sometimes if AD's not really on the court at the time. Who else they got? Yeah, that's about it with the defenders that they could throw at at LeBron. But you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting series. Very interesting to see what Spo does to combat the firepower of a of a Lakers. Um, shout out to Iguodala six straight finals. You know. That's a feat within itself. Um and very interested to see where Denver goes with their um with their core because they have a really bright future. They have two franchise stars now. We have to we have to recognize that with Jamal Murray and Jokic. Um one last thing I wanna talk about here is I think I think we've all seen, or if you were paying attention on Twitter at least, I think you've all seen Draymond Green's very interesting new stance he's taken up. Some may call it a sign of respect. It's very odd when, you're, when your signs of respect have come when you sign with a certain agency. But I don't want to talk about Draymond's LeBron comments. I want to talk about this clip of him talking with Damian Lillard, how he was talking about... um how Steve Kerr doesn't trust him on offense because he probably thinks he does, he can't shoot rightfully. So Draymond has regressed his, his shooting numbers have regressed every single year now. Um, and it's like, it's weird. It's like he almost, it's like he feels like his time is up with the Warriors. And if he keeps talking like that, he might as well get his bags ready for the East coast because he's either going to Philly or Milwaukee because, yeah. I mean, Draymond is just, it's, it's, it's really weird to see his, his, his heel turn the way it, it has, because I mean, you can even go back to when he had, he was on a, he was on a show with Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter was just clowning stuff to his face and he was just like laughing along with it. I mean, you can psychoanalyze that all you want. Um, but it's just weird. You know, he doesn't come to bat for his own teammate, but comes to bat for LeBron. Hey, I mean, he has every right to do what he wants, but it, it just looks weird because you know, it just feels like he knows his time is up. And maybe he does. I mean, I think I spoke about it with Rico for last epi- last episode. Like Rico also thinks that Draymond probably thinks that his time is up and that's why he's just like doing all this. I mean, if you want to burn bridges on your way out, by all means, go right ahead. Must be in the, the clutch initiation incentive to do all this. But that's all for today's episode. Probably be back here on probably after the first finals game. I'm going to try to do these as much as often after, the, after each finals game, depending on who I can get with me. But make sure you check out the links in the description or the show notes links to the podcast website the blog i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna see if i can put something up there in the next couple days we got um the twitter page make sure y'all follow us there and the instagram page if you use that um and that's it